Okay, once again, flip over to the front if you've got notes. Uh, if you would like to go through the notes with me, they are on our website right now, gphop.org teachings. And the title of tonight's message is part three of what the Bible reveals about heaven's messengers. We're doing a, a series. We're going to go probably five or maybe even six weeks on this subject fascinating subject. It's always intrigued me and uh, finally got a chance to study it. And so tonight is part three. We're going to look at what angels do. So let me, uh, I know my boys just prayed for me. You guys are amazing. Thank you, Caleb. And no, I'm going to pray once more. Father, tonight we thank you for your word. We thank you for the means of technology to get your word out. And, um, and Lord, we're just grateful for this season. Lord, we know it's a difficult season. We know that there is this virus going around. But, but God, you are sovereign. You're calling your people to draw near to you more than ever before. You're calling us into that secret place of prayer. And I thank you for this season, Father. I thank you for the good that is going to come out of it. Lord, the enemy does things with an intention of evil but Father, you're going to turn this season for great good, and we believe that. And tonight, Lord, I ask that as your word goes forth through Facebook and through the recording, that much strength and inspiration and understanding and revelation would be re released by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm just a man. I'm just a, a human messenger, but I pray that you would take your word and make it like a fire that ignites the heart and make it like a wind that refreshes the soul. Teach us your word tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to start off with the introduction again. I've mentioned this the first couple of weeks. But the introduction is basically what are angels? We're going to get into what they do. Angels are a created class of spiritual beings. They are a created class, so God made them. They weren't always there. And they are non-physical. They are spiritual beings. They are moral. They make decisions, always good ones. The good angels always make good decisions. But they exercise a morality. They're not just robots. They, they do the will of God because it pleases them to do that. And they are highly intelligent. They do not have bodies. Although they take on bodily form at times, and they serve and they worship God. Now, next week, I'm going to get into how the angels came to be, the origin, their story, and why some of them fell, why some of them didn't fall. I'm going to get into that and talk about fallen angels next week. Tonight, we're going to look at what angels do. But the story goes that about a third of the angels fell away and two-thirds did not. And that is a permanent situation. The, the, the de demonic angels can't become good. They cannot repent. This is a fixed situation. Uh, we can learn bits and pieces about angels if we compile all the information. There are, there's no ages given about angels. There's not really indication that there's multiple genders. Uh, Jesus said they don't get married. Interesting comment. He said we would be like the angels not married in heaven, although we will be married to the Lord. That's a different 
conversation, we will be wed to the Lord. The bride will be wed to the bridegroom. But as we know it today, we will be like the angels. The angels, Jesus said, do not marry. We know they fly, Daniel 9.21. They, they fly quickly, but they don't all necessarily have wings. They can appear in, in various ways. Sometimes they appear. We don't know it's an angel, it says in Hebrews 13.2. Uh, they are described many times in the scriptures as being extremely powerful and other times not seeming very powerful. So there's a lot of introductory information. I just wanted to to read that. So we're talking about these spiritual beings that God made, and we know they're in the Bible, but what do they do? That's the subject of tonight's teaching, is what exactly do these created spiritual beings, we don't know how old they are, we're not sure the gender, they fly, they worship, what exactly do they do? Now, we can't cover every 300-some verses on what angels do, but we're going to get to the main themes here. And I've got six points. So this is number two on the notes. What do angels do? Number one, they communicate. This is perhaps the most common and most understood part of the the duty of an angel, they communicate. Both the Hebrew and Greek words that translate to the English word angel convey the idea of a messenger. So both in in the Hebrew, which is the Old Testament, and Greek, which is the New Testament, that's the original language that, that we... It was translated into English from those languages... So they are, uh, there's this idea that they're a messenger. They are these angelic hosts that hear something from God and they bring it to people. Now that's interesting because why can't God just tell people? Why does he even involve these unique spiritual beings? Well, God in his wisdom determined that this was a, an important way to communicate between him and humanity were these created angelic hosts. So they're these heavenly messengers who throughout Scripture, they they are bearers of divine revelation. Now what's important to note is that an angel that is from God, they are of the highest degree of faithful and truthful. A fallen angel can manifest as an angel of light and, and, and lie and preach a false gospel. We looked at that in part one. But a good angel, an angel from heaven, will never lie. They will always be faithful to the word of God. They will be true. They will f- accurately represent what God communicated. So the whole, the, the, the heavens and the earth are full of good angels flying around on assignment, faithfully preaching, faithfully communicating, faithfully giving messages. And I believe they're as active today as they were all throughout Scripture. I believe Scripture bears that out. 
There, there is no indication in Scripture that they stopped doing the jobs they did in the Old and New Testament. That's just not there. And so it's important to know that they, number one, they are given to communication. They give messages. An Old Testament example would be when Gabriel flew to Daniel. Many know this story in Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 to 27. Daniel's praying... And he's fasting, and he's seeking the Lord, and the angel Gabriel comes. I mean, imagine having a quiet time, and Gabriel shows up. Incredible. And Gabriel gives to Daniel what's known as the 70 weeks prophecy, which is a very significant portion of prophetic scripture related to Israel and the great tribulation at the end of the age. So this angel comes and says, Daniel, here's some really important Bible. You're going to want to write this down. And so we know Gabriel was faithful to bring uh, biblical understanding to Daniel. That's what they do. Now, angels will not give us more Bible verses today. Scripture is sealed. The canon is sealed. The 66 books of our Bible are the Word of God. Those are the ones that are inspired and inerrant. And so we don't hope angels show up giving us more Bible verses. What the angels do now is they highlight Scripture that's already there. Now, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but in part one I shared about how you know, whole religions and religious sects and cults have begun because of fallen angels. We know that the religion of Islam was uh, Muhammad claimed to see the angel and the angel gave him the Quran. We know that that's certainly a, a false religion. We, we know that with uh, Mormonism, Joseph Smith claimed to have an angelic encounter, and the angel Moroni said, hey, here's more that you need to know. It's the, the Book of Mormon. So we, we must reject, wholly reject anything, any spiritual experience involving angels or anything that adds to the Word of God or takes away from the Word of God. We reject it completely. And that's one of the reasons I'm giving this teaching is I expect these things will happen. It's, it's not just happened in biblical times, it's happened historically. And if bad angels are influencing people to start false religions, we, of course, would assume that good angels are bringing truth to people to strengthen the church. Now, so there's an Old Testament example of Gabriel giving Daniel insight in Revelation. What about the New Testament? Probably the most well-known examples are related to the birth and the death of Jesus. All kinds of angelic activity around the birth and the death of Christ. We know that the angel appeared to Joseph. Joseph was about to divorce Mary. They were betrothed. They were going to be married. And he was about to put her away secretly because she's pregnant. Miraculously, that was the story. And that's hard to believe, honestly. I mean, your fiancé comes home and says, I'm pregnant by a miracle. You know, you'd be like, yeah, sure. But an angel repeatedly appeared to Joseph in his dream saying, this really is God. Don't divorce her. And so angels 
communicated with Joseph actually four times in that scenario. We see that in Matthew 120, 213, 219, and 222. Joseph repeatedly had these angelic uh, messages coming to him through his dream life. So angels can come and bring a message in our real life. They can come in our dreams. And so we don't want to write them off. We, we really do want to uh, take seriously uh, this subject. You know, maybe there will come a time where you have an angelic encounter and and I uh, want you to be prepared for something like that. And maybe sometime you'll have an encounter, it will be a fallen angel. You need to be able to brush that off. Okay, so that's number one of six things we're going to look at tonight is they communicate. That's kind of the obvious. They bring messages. It's happened in the Old Testament, happened in the New Testament. It's happened historically. And I believe the closer we get to the day the Lord returns, there's going to be so much angelic activity. That bears out in the book of Revelation, of course. I mean, there's a point in the book of Revelation where there are angels flying around earth preaching the everlasting gospel. And so we, we need to orient, we need to get used to this occurring because it's only going to happen more and more. Now, we don't, we don't avoid preaching the gospel because angels will, but you know what I mean. It's going to happen. The second thing we need to look at that angels do is they protect. Protection. Angels are sent by God to protect God's people. This is a biblical promise, Old and New Testament. God sends angels to protect us, to protect his people. Now, that that could be ranging from, you know, a natural dangerous circumstance to a demonic attack, a supernatural thing. God wants to protect his people from various things. And so scripture is very clear on this point that the Lord protects. I mean, God could do it himself, but he sends angels often. We see in Psalm 34, 7, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. I'm going to flip over to Psalms right now. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. I'm going to f- working my way to my Bible. Psalm 34, 7. And, and in some places, we've talked about this, in some places the angel of the Lord refers to God himself. Other times the angel of the Lord is, is just an angel. And so... I believe both of these are true. The angel of the Lord, sometimes it's God who comes, and sometimes it's a, a, a regular angel, if so to speak, if I can say that. We know that in Psalm 91, verse 9, this is the, the verse the devil quoted when he was tempting Jesus. He said, he said don't, don't you know that if you throw yourself off this mountain, the angels will... Take care. Well, that was the wrong verse uh, out of context at the wrong time, so we don't want to just be negligent. But uh, this is is really true. You know, because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most higher dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you 
That is a promise for God's people Israel. That is a promise for God's people the church. And that is a promise for today as much as it is now. And so again, we don't, we don't do uh, negligent things and just throw ourselves off mountains to see if angels come. That's obviously uh, a misapplication. 2 Kings 6, Elijah says that prayer, Lord, open their eyes and they see the angelic horses and chariots and all of the hosts of heaven surrounding the region because they were there to help protect. Now, one of the things that is often overlooked when it comes to angels is that they are warring entities. They are a part of God's army. We were on number two, protection. Angels protect us. We see in Matthew 18.10, the angels, they, it says that God sends angels to the children. The, the angels that are with the children and protect the children always see God in heaven. And so my point is I believe that there is a, an element of protection involved in that. Hebrews 1.14, God's angels are ministering spirits. They minister. Excuse me. So let me read a couple stories. I love stories about angels. It's kind of my favorite part of the series. I'm going to read a couple stories here. Now this is cool. And this is about the protection of angels. This was in the early 1950s. In the early 1950s, this is from a book called Angels Around Us by Doug Connolly. In the early 50s, a missionary group in Kenya learned of an imminent attack on their mission by Mau Mau warriors. To defend their families as well as they could, the men put up barbed wire barricade and turned on some floodlights. They got a couple weapons that they had. And they stood guard around the mission's perimeter while their wives and children were inside praying. They waited, but there was no attack. Months go by, months go by, and a converted Mau Mau tribesman explained that just as he and his fellow warriors prepared to attack the mission from all sides, Large, fiery figures appeared from out of the night. They stood between the Mau Mau and the missionaries, racing in a circle around the barricade. Frightened by the sight of these creatures, the Mau Mau fled. Now what's interesting is the people who were praying, the missionaries, did not see the angels, but the unbelievers saw them. And one of them was converted. So sometimes angels manifest and everybody sees it. Sometimes only one person sees it. Sometimes believers see it. Sometimes unbelievers see it. it we never really know uh, how God's going to do it, but it's real. One other story. This is in uh, World War One. In World War I, 
This was related to uh, a situation during World War I and a British captain. This was near Mons, France, where there was a, a very, very outnumbered British troop had been fighting for days and days. There was no relief. They had lost many men and guns, and defeat looked inevitable. Captain Cecil W. Hayward was there and tells how suddenly, in the midst of a gun battle, firing on both sides stopped. To their astonishment, the British troops saw four or five wonderful beings much bigger than men between themselves and the Germans. These men were bareheaded, wore white robes, and seemed to float rather than stand. Their backs were to the British, and their arms and hands were outstretched toward the Germans. At that moment, the horses ridden by German cavalrymen became terrified and were uh, became terrified and stampeded off in every direction. Hayward also told of another battle sometime later in World War I. All right, hold on. What? What? Okay. Sure. This other battle during World War One when matters again seemed hopeless for British soldiers who were surrounded by German troops, suddenly the heavy enemy fire stopped completely and everything grew strangely quiet. The sky opened with a bright shining light and figures of luminous beings appeared floating between the British and the German lines. German troops retreated in disorder, allowing the Allied forces to reform and fall back on a line of defense farther to the west. German prisoners were taken that day, and when they were asked why they surrendered when they had the British troops surrounded, they looked amazed, saying, but there were hosts and hosts of you. Now what's interesting is in Hope Price's book, who wrote about this, is that the British government was sponsoring national days of prayer during the conflict, and undoubtedly those national days of prayer calling on the name of Jesus, asking God to intervene during World War I, some of those prayers were answered with the angelic hosts intervening in situations. Angels protect God's people. Praise the Lord. Okay, I got too many things happening technologically and no one else to do it. Okay, so those were some some stories and some verses, how angels protect us. We know that's true intuitively, but I wanted you to get some verses and I wanted you to hear some stories. Now, number three, another thing angels do is they're called ministering spirits. They aid believers. They send aid to believers in ways that go well beyond just protection. One of the things angels do throughout Scripture is they, they come in times of profound personal weakness and they impart strength. 
Because sometimes in life, we're so oppressed and so down for so long that there, we need the heaven's help. And, you know, there's always people who say, well, why can't Jesus just do it? Why can't God just do it? Well, sometimes God, sometimes Jesus sends an angel. Sometimes he just changes the situation. Sometimes he uses a person. Sometimes he uses an angel. We, we don't, you know, we don't say, oh, Lord, I only want one of those options. No, we just take whatever he gives. Now, Hebrews 1.14 says that angels are ministering spirits that minister to those who will inherit salvation. One of the most well-known or premier examples is in Matthew 4.11. Jesus had just been tempted by the enemy. It was probably much more intensive than we imagine. Plus, he hadn't hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. And so there was just a profound weakness. And it says in the Bible that God sent angels to minister to Jesus. The Heavenly Father, the first person of the Trinity, said, My son, though he's God, he's also man, and he needs strength right now. So the Lord released strength through the angels and ministered to Jesus. Uh, kind of a similar circumstance, the prophet Elijah was running for his life from Jezebel, and it says in Matthew, I'm sorry, not Matthew, we were in Matthew, in 1 Kings 19, it says Elijah just wants to die, and he was just spent. He, he's a dead man, he's, he's afraid, and so the Lord, it says in 1 Kings 19, God sends an angel. And the angel brings him a jar of water. In fact, it says that the angel brings him a cake. And I think if an angel brings you a cake, that's a good angel. And the angel uh, strengthened Elijah. Here's some cake. Here's some water. You're going to need this for the next leg of the journey. And undoubtedly, there was an impartation of power from that angel. I mean, a little bit of water and some cake doesn't let you go too much longer, but that got Elijah a lot of time. And so sometimes the Lord will minister to us, and we may never know it's an angel. We, never, we might not ever know that the reason we got through that dark time was because of the Lord sent angels, but we'll find out one day. But it's good to know this is what God does. Now, another thing angels do in the Bible is I would categorize it as execution. So there's communication, there's protection, there's ministry, and there's execution. And what I mean by that is twofold. Angels execute tasks that God tells them to do. Angels also execute people. They do both. Throughout the Bible, we see angels on assignment to do tasks, and sometimes God sends an angel to kill people. And that isn't, that's really intense, but it's all over the Bible, so it's like, Lord, I want to stay right with God. I don't want to be on the wrong side of an angel. You know, one example of this is Peter was in prison. We all know the story. Peter was in prison, and God sends an angel to get him out of prison. 
the saints were praying. God sends an angel. Peter gets out. That was a task that an angel was told to perform. Go let Peter out of prison. Of course, God could have just opened the prison door, but he involved an angel. During that, Peter thought he, I mean, he was so sleepy and out of it, he thought it was a dream. Nonetheless, there he is out of jail. Now, Herod, Herod, not so fortunate. Peter, you know, he's, we're all weak. But there's a huge difference between a weak believer that's really trying to serve God. Herod is the, the, uh, probably the premier example of the very fullness of pride. Herod was receiving the worship of people. And this is really frightening if you think about it. Herod's receiving the worship. When Herod would speak, the people would say, that's God, not man. And Herod just loved it. He, he soaked that in. So he was this uh, kingly political figure that received the worship of man. And there's only one person that deserves to be worshipped, and that's God. And so Herod, over time, he never repented. And so the Lord stepped in one day and said, this is it. There is no one on earth to be worshipped except God. And so this is your final hour. Boom. And it says the angel came and the angel killed Herod. And so some angels, they seem kind of nice. And hey, here's some Bible verses. And other angels, do don't get on the bad side of of heaven's hosts because they are powerful. And when the Lord determines it's the end of days for somebody, the angels don't mess around. We're talking about extremely powerful figures with great strength. And when the Lord says, go release judgment, these angels carry it out. Sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's thousands. And so the, the only proper response to that truth is, Lord, help me to live in the fear of God. I don't ever want to get to this point. Now, this is something that whether you're a political leader or you're a church leader or a business leader, we never receive worship ever. If someone's like over the top, you know, happy about your life, you know, bro, I'm just a person. But Herod got to a point where he was openly receiving the worship of people. People were actually saying, you're God. You're not a man. You're God. I mean, partly out of fear because Herod would kill them if they didn't. But if you're a political figure or a church leader, any kind of leader, we, we never, ever receive excessive adulation or much less worship. I mean, in the very dark places of our heart, we want people to think we're amazing. And we, and we kind of, that gets out of whack at times. And that's why we see leaders fall in the church. And that's why we see all kinds of fallout in our world today. Deep in the dark place of our heart, we want what only God can get. We, deep down in that dark place, and I want that worship. And the Lord says, there's only one person who deserves that glory. There's only one man, that's Jesus. Nobody else 
in heaven or on earth deserves to be bowed to and worshipped except God. And so that was Herod's issue. And may the Lord just have mercy on us today because we don't ever want to get into that wrong spirit. Help us, Lord. Anyway, that's what angels do. They carry out a, just a multitude of tasks and they, they sometimes, sometimes put, they bring an end to people's lives. I mean, all through the Old and New Testament, we see this. This is happening. Now, number five, similar to that, we see angels are engaged in warfare. I told the story about Elijah. Sometimes they're involved in natural warfare. We see that in, in when Elijah said, open their eyes, and they saw all the chariots and horses. I read the stories from the book about when the angels were involved in World War I, and undoubtedly they've been involved in every conflict in world history. Let me just say this. God knows about all the wars and conflicts. He's not surprised. I mean, He said they'd come. Don't be surprised. He, he knows, but in every war and conflict, God's not absent. And if we as the church will pray, angels will get involved. God will bring justice. It doesn't mean it won't be extremely uh, devastating. War, any conflict is devastating. But it's our responsibility as the church to pray God release your intervention. Sometimes that means angels. Now, we see number five, just going to touch on this briefly because this is repeat information from last week. Angels, of course they're real, that's you know what I'm talking about in this, but they really fight. They really do wage war in the heavens and sometimes it plays out on earth. They are real warriors and they really do, this, this is real. We see this in the book of Revelation, Revelation 12, 7 to 8. We see Michael fighting against the dragon, which is Satan and Satan's angels. We see the figure that told Daniel, the angel that told Daniel that he was resisted by the prince over Persia. There's all kinds of pictures in the Bible about angelic warfare. So this is real. We've got to know that when we pray... When we seek God, there's things happening in the heavenly realm. Now, not to go too much longer, but number six, so they, the angels, they communicate messages, they protect God's people, they minister to God's people, including those who are unsaved, I believe, but they'll be saved one day. The angels, I believe they're involved in their life. They execute tasks. They execute people. They are engaged in warfare. And probably more important than we could know than any of this other, you know, job description that they do or that they perform is they worship God. I want to just take a four to five minutes on this one before we close. I'm going to turn to Revelation 5 because I keep... I keep revisiting this. I think it's worth revisiting. Revelation 
Revelation 5.11, John says, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And they were saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. I mean, imagine an endless sea of angels. Worthy! Worthy is the Lamb! Declaring it with like thunderous power. There's this sea of angels. Worthy! God, you're worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom. There's no one like you, God. I mean, all the angels in this heavenly chorus erupting in heaven. This is what the angels do more than anything else. And they like it. They love it. They love worshiping God. Think of this, friends. They see God face to face. They have direct access to the Father of glory himself, the creator of the ends of the earth and the endless universe, that, you know, who can measure it. They see him. And sure, they got to do a few, you know, they got their work to do. But man, they come straight back to this heavenly assembly and they worship. They they love declaring this man who is the Savior, who is the Lamb of God, he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy to receive all the power of the earth, all the riches of the earth, all the wisdom. He is worth it, and he is worthy of it. All the honor on the earth, all the glory, all the blessings... Here's the thing, friends, that the angels love to worship. I mentioned this before, but I've seen pictures of crusades where Reinhard Bonnke was preaching in Africa and all you could see was just an endless sea of people. I've seen pictures. You cannot see the end of the people. Millions and millions... In Revelation 5.11, John says, the word is myrios. The Greek word for 10,000 is, is sometimes translated 10,000, sometimes it's translated myriads. It comes from the word myrios, which means innumerable. So 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million. It might be literal, or maybe it's myriads of myriads. Maybe it's an innumerable number. John says, I can't count. It's just an endless sea. These angels, they gather together. I mean, imagine getting into a church gathering where it's just an endless sea of people and you're all in a spirit of unity worshiping Jesus. This is what they do. They love to worship so certainly, they bring divine revelation, they're messengers. Certainly, they protect us. That's what they do. They minister to us in weakness and they execute tasks. 
They bring about God's judgment in the affairs of humanity. They are engaged in warfare, but what they do most, and I believe what they love most, is they get back to base and they see with their eyes, there's the God of glory. They see the light emanating and they just worship. All throughout the book of Revelation, we see things that John, John's like, I can, I can hardly describe to you the beauty and the majesty of what's happening in heaven. We see much more angels. We see much more heavenly activity. And I believe scripturally, we're going to only see it increasing over time. As that veil between heaven and earth thins before the Lord returns, we're going to see angelic activity up and down more than we've ever thought. So friends... That is a little bit more about what angels do. I'm not sure if we have any comments right now. Looks like no comments at the, at the present. I appreciate those who told me that we lost uh, our feed earlier so I could get it back again. But what I do want to say in conclusion is next week, what we're going to look at is what the Bible reveals about fallen angels. I wanted to touch on them for one week. And then I think we'll have maybe one more week, possibly two, on some some concluding thoughts about angels. But I wanted to take one because, because fallen angels are real. There's real demonic. And I touch on that for this teaching in the last two. I just want to take a little deeper dive on that so we'll get a little more familiar with that. And then I think I'm going to circle back and talk at length about the angel of the Lord, which is Christ appearing all the way up through the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi. Because here's the thing, Jesus wasn't starting his ministry in the book of Matthew. He was ministering back when Jacob was wrestling all the way through the Old Testament. Jesus was there. And so that's an important thing to talk about. But for tonight, that concludes our teaching. Thank you for tuning in. If you uh, are listening to the recording, appreciate listening to the recording. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Guys, you want to pray with Dad? All right, I'm going to have Caleb and Noah come on up. Come on up here, guys. Father, we just thank you once again for your word. And I pray for those who've tuned in tonight. Thank you for those who are bearing with me, working through the technological issues. But I pray, Lord, that this would be a, an instructive word, Lord, that we would understand. You, you told us to set our mind on things above, Lord, so we want to know what's going on in your throne. We want to know what's going on around you in the heavenly places. Lord, we want to know about heaven. We want to know about eternity. We want to know about God, who is the Lord of hosts, who commands his hosts to get intertwined into the, the different dealings of humanity, God. And we thank you. And I pray tonight that all over our region, you'd release angelic hosts to minister. Minister to those who will inherit salvation. Father, we pray you'd release your messengers in dreams. Release protection. Release 
ministering spirits all over the church in the name of Jesus. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would send angels to execute tasks and uh, release your heavenly warring host over our region in the name of Jesus. So Nathan, you're asking if I've had angel experiences. Yes, I believe I have. Um, I've not seen an angel with my eyes. I, I believe I've felt them, but we'll have to talk about that sometime. And I think I've seen a couple angels. I can't prove it, but there, I do have some interesting stories. I'll just have to share that with you sometime personally. But I'm, I haven't had Daniel experiences. I haven't had Joseph, you know, angels coming in my dreams, telling me to marry that lady because she has a miracle child. I haven't gotten to that level yet, but um, certainly many times in prayer meetings I've felt power, and you kind of wonder, is that an angel? I've felt things touch me when I've been in prayer meetings. I've uh, met people at times where I look back and I'm like, that, that could have been an angel, but uh, you know, not like blowing me over, fear not, kind of thing. So that is, uh, that's my brief answer. Thank you for that question. I know many people who've seen angels, um, and you know some of them I believe, some I, I mean, some people just kind of make stuff up. But I, I know there's a lot of legitimate people in the church today that have seen angels. Caleb, say a prayer, bud. Lord, I pray in the name of God that um, everyone will have a good night tonight, and that Dad would do. Everyone will be, like, super expired by Dad's preaching, and the coronavirus will stop. Amen. Go ahead, Noah. Come over here a little bit. Jesus, I pray in the name of God that you'd heal the coronavirus, Lord, and I pray that we'd all have a really good night, Lord, in the name of God. Amen. Hey, Jake Gerst just got on. Pray for, pray for Jake because he's in the military. Oh, yeah, um... I also pray that Jake would do really good in the military, Lord, in the name of God. Amen. Say a prayer for Jake. Lord, I pray in the name of God that Jake um, will do super good at training and that he would, he's, that you'll make him do really good stuff in the military and will lead people to Jesus in the military in the name of God. Amen. Amen. Let me just real quick, we've got a few names popped up. Lord, I want to bless my wife Mandy who tuned in. I bless you, Curtis. Uh, I bless you, man of God. Keep, keep being a man of God, brother. Andre, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Keep serving the Lord. We'll, get, we'll see each other soon. Curtis, and, and yeah, keep going. Brother Nathan, thank you for that question. I bless you, man. Holly, we, we just bless you in the name of Jesus. Hard working in the uh, medical community and serving the Lord. We bless you, Holly. And, and uh, Jake says, thanks, dudes. All right. Double blessing for you, Jake. If, if you serve the military, you get the double blessing. All right, no, no, don't pull that yet. All right, we do officially have to uh, sign out. It's 8.01. It's past my bedtime. Actually, no. Yeah, is it past my bedtime? No Bad dad joke. 
All right, Caleb's going to have us sign out. We will see you next Friday again in June. We're going to plan to start getting this thing opened up again, night meetings only, 7 p.m., seven days a week. You'll hear more on social media. I bless you. Be encouraged. Be a blessing. Jesus loves you. He's coming back soon. Let's be ready. Amen. Amen. Hit the finish button, brother. Peace.